Boys, I want to start off by saying something controversial here. Uh, and I want to hear it from, I want you guys to hear it from me first. Is yeah. that I've decided to support Max Verstappen this year instead of our boy Charles Leclerc. Oh, the podcast. Start it over again, dude. No, un- unacceptable. Let, let, let me let me let me give you the rationale here. What? Let me let me give you the rationale here. I I we need an antagonist for the season, mm-hmm. and right now we're not being provided one. It's neither Carlos Sainz, it's neither Checo Perez. And as of right now, it's not Max due to the Red Bull's reliability. And we can't just have Charles run away with it like Bro, we saw with Lewis Yuki. in 17. Like, not no, 17, <laughs> in 18. Like we saw in 19. Like we saw in 20. Oh, we need an antagonist, man. someone who's going to really push him to the very edge and really let him demonstrate his skill. Sure. Come on. But don't, don't support sure, Max like over had a really Charles. Good time last year in that battle, huh? No. Hey, last it's year was time. entirely different. <laughs> I had a huge bias. Fairweather fan. Yeah. As a as a massive Lewis fan, like I, I hated yeah, what totally. was going on. But God, yeah. But I always said, Karun, that I know he's a good driver and I respect the way yeah. he races. Well, except yeah. at Silverstone. I do think Silverstone that, was his fault. Painful. As I thought Interlagos was his fault, which he was penalized for, as was Monza, which was he also got penalized for. That's very um, painful to hear, dude. That's extremely painful to hear. But yes, ladies and gentlemen. I am joined as your host, Tarouche, by Karun and Mr. Shion, who's now quite upset with me. But... I think we lost <laughs> 70% of our viewership right there. Hey, I, I bring in 70%. I'll take away 70%. Tarouche giveth, Tarouche taketh. <laughs> the uh, Australian Grand Prix back after 2019, not a banger like Jeddah or Bahrain, but just a very good race. It was, Mark Webber brought up a really good point that, you know, if this was the first race we saw a couple of years ago, we'd be like, all right, good race, good start of the season. Let's, you know, let's heat it up a little bit. But I think we were just spoiled a little bit with the first two races. And, and this was yeah. just, you know, your classic Formula One race. We had a leader who led every lap, had the fastest lap, had pole, uh, and, and had a flawless victory. Ferrari just notched out of the park, set up, execution, everything. Like, Strategy-wise, everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also things, some like, of the pieces went in their favor, right? Like the, the pits were going in, in Charles's favor as well, so. Alonzo's best up went very much in exactly. Charles's favor. Very exactly. much not in Carlos's, so I guess mm-hmm. Alonzo giveth, Alonzo taketh. Hey, it's like the, it's, that's the age-old adage for Nicholas Latifi. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the Red very Bulls. Um, all right, we normally do one word to describe our thoughts of the race. Let's go with a with a phrase this time. Um, what, what, what's what's one phrase? Go ahead. Electric midfield. I, I really enjoy, enjoyed it. You know, the I DRS really train field battle. Yeah, Lance's Lance's fuckery. Alonzo's bad. <laughs> like like uh, driving around. I think Botas and uh, the Alphas did really good in the midfield, in my opinion. Yeah, both of them. I, I had a good time. Yeah. And also, I think I think like because the front of the race was so boring, <laughs> it was more fun to watch the midfield. And that except happens. for like that Checo Lewis battle, that was kind of fun. And a brief Checo George battle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Alexander Albiest. Mm. That's that's my that's my biggest mm. takeaway from this race. Albon was a whole different man. Williams was a whole different team. This this is what I live for. That's what I love. They killed it. They killed it this weekend. 
they they went bold and and they won against all odds. I it was it. great. I really, I I was looking at some Twitter thread today and it was like that the prompt was who is the most underrated driver on the grid, and uh, and right now it has to be Alex Albon for me. He's just coming back after a, uh, a one year hiatus. It has to be him or K Mag for me. But no, this is a strategy and Alex Albon's skill to pull it off. He he managed his tires at a Lewis or Checo level mm-hmm. uh, in Melbourne. And was still putting in consistently fast laps in the last you know five ten laps. Absolutely, yeah. I wish he went for fastest lap mm-hmm. on those softs at the mm-hmm. end. Um, I'm gonna go with one that I'm sure you guys have heard a hundred times, but as a Max fan, uh, it is to finish first. One must first finish. <laughs> Uh, it, it really hurt, hit deep this weekend that you know Max didn't finish, so therefore he couldn't finish first. Not that he was going to, because Charles had everything under control, um, and that's why he's a Formula Two champion. But um, talking about Charles Charles Leclerc and his Grand Slam, the first trivia question of the night is when and who was responsible for. Ferrari's last Grand Slam. Uh, Fernando Alonso, 2009? It, it is Fernando Alonso, but I think he was racing with Renault in 2009. 2011. Uh, 2012. 13. 13. 10. 2010. Uh, 2010. It's one point each so far. And what circuit? But it, it, it's Lager. Seb's it's favorite Lager. circuit. We're Seb. Mm, humid Red Bull Ring Humid Night Race uh, Singapore Two points for Karun <laughs> Ferrari's last Grand Slam was Fernando Alonso Singapore 2010 um, I'm sure that was a great race I don't know, I didn't see it <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah, a few words about, about our pole sitter Fastest lap winner, Grand Prix winner, and leader of every single lap. Electric. Flawless. <laughs> yeah. Poetry. Poised. He did everything so well. And I love to see the little hunger at him at the end there saying when when the team instructed him not to go for fastest lap that they had it in the bag but he just went for it anyways you know i kind of like that fight out of a driver you're never going to give up fastest lap when it's in the when it's in the cards there it was only one moment where max had the potential to pass mm-hmm. him uh it was not the perfect restart from charles this week uh you almost think that the fia reversing the max verstappen rule where you can pull the car next to you, uh, safety car restart, uh, kind of worked in Max's favor. But that was the only iffy moment. But apart from that, a flawless race. And I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have much else to say with, about the Ferrari driver. Um, I think the other side of that garage is a bit more interesting this weekend, mm-hmm. where just numerous issues in qualifying into the race. I mean, the car didn't start. There was Fernando Alonso's crashing in Q3, then he couldn't start up the car in the garage. Uh, then he didn't do a lap, started P9, anti-stalled in the formation lap, anti-stalled at the start of the race after taking a new steering wheel because they couldn't fire up the car and then crashed out in lap two trying to make up for it. My most underrated driver of last year, 
what we think about Carlos Sainz right now? I think it's, uh, you know, we, we're starting to hear a lot of the, the, the talk about who's going to be the number one at Ferrari, right? Sure, uh, Charles has been there for longer. He's developed a repo with the team. Um, but Carlos really came in, especially like his last couple races with McLaren. He was looking, you know, a lot better. And I think he was, as was mentioned on, on Joylin's um, review, but he was kind of brought in as, as, you know, mentally a number two. But his performance at the end of his stint at McLaren really elevated, you know, the, 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 the potential that the team saw in him. Um, so I think he's trying to really maximize that and really work on that now. So this performance was extremely painful for him knowing that, you know, he also thinks of himself as a, as a championship winning contender this year who, who really just pissed it away this weekend. Shion, if these, if these kind of performances between the two drivers continue, how long until team orders dictate a number one driver and a number two driver? I mean, you can tell from, from Benotto that he's really trying to give Carlos his time to get adjusted to the car. And he knows that he's got great pace. Um, and with the gap that they're putting out against the whole field right now, as in like literally like <laughs> Charles having more points than the next constructor combined, I think they're going to give him that space to kind of make sure he grows into it. Um, but once it starts to heat up a little bit, the Red Bull reliability increases, maybe Mercedes gets his performance back. That's when we'll start to see a little bit more strict team orders. Yeah. I think, I think Carlos can still, he's coming to like terms with the car still, right? Like he's still, struggling you can see it during quality you can see it during um well this race obviously but um like i think that charles's early lead will sway the team towards him though in the long run like it it's unfortunate for carlos that that's the way it works but it's just the way it works right charles is clearly always going to be seen as the more reliable driver of the two i think and this is a team and who historically, this is a team who historically assigned a number one and two driver: yeah. Fernando Alonso and yeah. Felipe Massa, mm-hmm. Seb Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen, uh, the Biz Schumacher and Massa, Schumacher and Eddie Irvine, Schumacher and Rubens Barrichello. I mean, from the Nicky Lauda days, they they've always had a number one and two driver. What what I do think is and that they it's a Charles. sport. They did, and they gave him a five-year contract, which was a longer contract than they ever gave Michael Schumacher. He's also been in the Ferrari driver program since he was a young kid, right? So, like, he's been around the team and the people forever. For sure. I do think it's a, it's a sport of ebbs and flows, right? Highs and lows. And at some point this season, Charles will have a dip in form. It's just inevitable across 23 races. It's human. Um, and Carlos, at that point, has to take his opportunity to show the team that he can, he can be that guy. Um, whether that's more than one race or two races in a row, it's to be seen. But let, let, let's see when that finally does happen, if Carlos can come in and close that gap. Because it's a substantial gap. And as, as long as Charles has reliability, he's going to have the pace to, to fight for, you know, one, two, and at the lowest right now, three. Just behind him with Checo Perez. Very good race. I, I almost kind of want to bypass him and talk about George and, and the Mercedes because I just want to pose a question of when, when is Mercedes going to bring that package that's capable of winning races because that is going to be achieved this season. It seems there's like they're getting rumors of Imola. Imola? Yeah, there's been rumors. 
I, I know they're bringing a new floor and like a new back wing, maybe. I think they're they're trying to drop the weight of the cars, what I thought, but everyone's trying to drop the weight of the car right now. They're all like big cars. Um, Red Bull's apparent weight drop didn't come the way I thought it would. <laughs> but um, they had good pace at Melbourne. This they did. They had good race pace. Mm-hmm. They didn't have amazing <clears throat> one lap pace, but they had great race pace. I mean, I mean, listen, from, from Hamilton's qualifying in the last race to, to what we saw this weekend, I think there was already market improvement. I think if that's them getting to understand where their car performs best and, and you know, adjusting their race strategy to, 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 to you know, work with that, um, or if they're making incremental changes to the card, waiting for that big upgrade package that's, that's rumored to come soon. Um, it seems like Russell and Hamilton at least have had time to get acquainted with the, this 2022 car. And I think that in and of itself is really preparing them for when that upgrade package comes. You know, I think Red Bull and Ferrari really have to, you know, keep their eyes in the mirrors. Agreed. I think it's really a huge issue for Red Bull, especially because they've dropped the ball on two. Like, right, they came into the season with the better car um, and they've dropped the ability. Well, right, when it performs, it is def- definitively better. Um, oh, at the straight like, line, but I wouldn't say across the whole lap of the track. I would say if you put a Mercedes and a Red Bull in a race against each other, the Red okay. Bull would win nine times out of ten. Sorry, you but, said the best car, so I thought we were talking Ferrari. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm talking no, – no, Ferrari is just up the field. Okay, I was like, because like, right? this guy forget about no, 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 <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. I'm talking about with the Mercedes and the Red Bull. Like, in that – like, that was, like, the perceived battle before the season started, and, like, they came out of the gates hot. And, like, obviously Mercedes has a process to catch up to them, and they're dropping the ball on, like, scoring, like, critical points right now, right? Like, and I, I really like Horner's attitude about it. He's he's still like in your face, even though his car doesn't finish. But <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> yeah, people don't like Horner because he's uh, too arrogant. I actually love him for it. Um, yeah. What I will say is that I think that Mercedes' first race win of the season will happen at Silverstone, which is round ten. It just seems like that's enough races and enough time for the Brackley uh, boys and girls to develop that package um, and the ICU or just the engine into that car. Uh, and then Lewis said, Great Britain is just it, it, one of the best ever at a specific mm-hmm. track. And what's exciting also, drivers. what's what's super exciting is we saw the, the Sergio Lewis kind of battle out there that, you know, Lewis got kind of smoked a little bit with the, with the safety car from yes, uh, that was Sebastian. Uh, but we saw incredible pace coming out of the Mercedes and, and just for the team as a whole, for, for those, for the boys and girls back at the factory that are working on the cars, like they need to be inspired. They need to be motivated, right? They need to know that the drivers are putting in everything that they can and they have a really competitive car. I think this weekend definitely showed that it's with the, with the Mercedes being so competitive with the Red Bull in instance uh, here and there. This brings me to my second trivia question, talking about the Mercedes P3. And this is a layup. So I don't want you guys to sit here Googling away. When was George Russell's last podium? 2019. Nope. There was no actual race uh, in this sorry. race. What? There was no real racing. It was happened on the quality day, and they just took those results, basically, after a couple laps oh, behind the safety car. Oh, this was Spa? 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 And, uh, 2020. Is it a tie? Did you guys say 2021? I said 20, 2021. 2021. Yeah, I did. 
I'm going to give you guys neither a point for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it was George's yes. only podium, and I thought it was obvious because he finished that amazing P2 uh, in qualifying where he, he might have taken pole, but Max just put in a blister of a lap. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> the other ones are going to be maybe. I said 20. <laughs> I heard a bunch of 2020s. <laughs> Uh, okay, we, we bypassed them, but it's important to talk about both of them. Uh, the Red Bull reliability. Mm-hmm. When is that going to come good? What was the issue this weekend with Max's car? Honestly, some kind of like, I haven't actually seen the reports. They said they won't know until they get the car back um, yeah. to Milton Keynes. So it's some kind of oil leak is all mm-hmm. I can it say. Almost, it almost sounded like it was like, a, you know, parts of the car weren't put together ideally or weren't put together 100% properly kind of situation. Not necessarily like they have something wrong with the, the mechanics of the car, but it's just from from what it sounded like, they just not, you know, tighten yes. down everything. And Max like also stopped the car before it actually failed too. Like he, he just like was like, yeah, this is in it. And then he just pulled mm-hmm. over. Yeah, um, I mean, he's he's got a sense for it. So I trust that if it's yeah. broken, it's broken. Yeah. But I will tell you, it's probably not the same issue that Fernando had in Quali, where it was apparently due to some part that cost about $2. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> which, one. which caused the, the car to fail. Uh, it's like a screw or it's something. It's like a hose or something, yeah. right? <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. You think about these engines that cost millions of dollars. And uh, Fernando Alonso, who was on for P2 or something, yeah. Uh, got messed up due to a part that cost two two dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, couple other lads worth talking about the the McLaren boys. A uh, nice P five P six. Daniel Ricardo's uh, fourth points of the season at home. He's had mm-hmm. miserable luck at home as well recently. Uh, <laughs> good for them. I don't know. Norris is still pretty downbeat so. about the car. I think the slow corners yeah, I mean- scare him. His his post race interviews really just are, are comical. They're comical, a little bit sad, but yeah, it, it isn't helped by the fact that everyone's always like, "So Orlando, you finally happy?" And he's like, mm-hmm. "I was running P three sometimes last year." Like, come on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he could probably inspire the people a bit more. Like uh, mm-hmm. the McLaren people who are yeah. watching that, uh, like Danny Rick yeah. was a bit more upbeat, and I think he's been in the sport long enough to know, like you know. We got to take the positives. We got to learn from the mistakes, but we got to take the positives. And hey, if, also, uh, like, mm-hmm. don't don't air it out. You know, like if you yeah. like, Agreed. tell tell it in the team debrief. Like, never air out your laundry. It's part of the job. Mm-hmm. You know, like come on. Like at this at, at this point, Lando is almost the face of McLaren. He kind of is because we've seen yes. Danny underperforming for a little bit, right? So like, all most hopes lie with Lando. So you know, they signed him for yeah. years. Yes, I mean he yeah. is their designated <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, but, I am go ahead John I was gonna say but generally having McLaren 5-6 finishing so close to each other I think they had a, a relatively competitive race and the bringing up the, the front of the midfield it's, it's it's a it's a good sign that they're starting to make good progress I think agreed I, I would like to see Lando make a better start and then race with Lewis and George mm-hmm. um made a poor start which is honestly quite rare for Lando has great instincts off the line um so, so a bit unfortunate there. I'm also looking at the circuit, the Imola circuit, and I'll say it's a bit more free-flowing and not too many slow corners. I mean, I see one, two chicanes, uh, but more, more, mostly free-flowing as Australia is. Um, so they might struggle a lot more in the U.S. from what I'm looking in Miami. 
Mm-hmm. Like, Miami's next, right? Uh, Imola is next. Oh, Imola's next. Okay. But they, I, I think they they should go well in in Imola. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was which is good. A word for our boy is Akon and Bottas in P seven and P eight, and Gasly in P nine. Mm-hmm. Good. Midfield DRS train yeah. swapping places. I got in the yeah. pits, out the pits. <laughs> they were scrapping the entire time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just more testament to how good these cars are at following each other, in my opinion. That's about all I take yeah. from that. Yeah, the rule changes have made it so much more interesting now for us. I mean, like you think about it this year, we're getting so much more uh, time watching the midfield battles than we were in the past. In the past, it was always kind of watching. You know, the top five, six, but now we're seeing solid midfield battles into like 12th, 13th position. We're like, all right, what's going to happen? Who's going to jump ahead? So, I mean, that, that's what the, the fans and the viewers are looking for, right? Agreed. Uh, a trivia question on our P8 finish, Valtteri Bottas. And I, I think you guys will know this one. Don't but say that. How long did Valtteri Bottas's Q3 streak last? Did you say 16? 68. Nope. Higher. 113 races. Lower. 96. 92. Races. Higher. Then both 101. Of us? Both. Higher. 100, 108 races. Karun. <laughs> what did I say at first? <laughs> Do you, I heard someone say 16. <laughs> <laughs> okay i think and then i think shyon responded by saying 13 <laughs> no, i said 113 oh okay, okay, okay. just 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 like search for numbers between the range <laughs> on most of these questions shyon did the sat method you know he was he was <laughs> the, um, the price is right method yeah like we need like humidity stats <laughs> uh i thought you guys would have seen that one all over social media i thought i did too uh, all right, whatever. Um, <laughs> we, we touched on the, before we started recording, but Albono, the tire whisperer, the new Lewis Hamilton, and Checo Perez into one. Mm-hmm. What, what a race. What a guy. How uh, exciting it, for the worthy Williams of a Formula team. One seat. How exciting for the Williams team. I mean, come on. I mean, him being able to manage for that long, the excitement that you heard in, in the team's voice. I mean, that was incredible. The quick little one-two move by his engineer telling him he got p11 <laughs> yeah it was it was close and coming out the pits the the battle with uh, joe guanyu but I, it would have been brilliant if there was no rule that you have to pit uh because he would have secured p7 mm-hmm. yeah but hey everyone but else pit and <laughs> lost that time so it yeah is what it is. <laughs> but then what fernando if- just would have run it the entire time <laughs> yeah uh, that does lead me to my last trivia question. And this one's a thinker. Uh, how can a driver win a race without pitting, pitting in Formula One? He pits on the last lap. No. Without Rain. pitting. Rain, bang on, Karun. If the wets or intermediates are used, uh, they are not required to use another compound. Just watch the races, Shion. Come on. Shion, Shion showed he's fraudulent out here. Shion, you even watch it? I just watch IndyCar, dude. I've never watched Formula One. You're on that NASCAR grind. Yeah. Actually, I just watch racing one day a year, the Le Mans 24, and that's about it. Um, a quick word on Seb. A quick word on Latifi. I, 
it wasn't his fault that the qualifying it, 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 stroll was 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 handed the guilt but i don't know when it rains it pours like <laughs> what is williams going to do with them he's costing them a ton of money so much and i'm glad to see the albums kind of balancing it out and, and you know being able to get points where latifi's crashing the car two three times in a weekend two oh, three man. times in a weekend he's exposing really latifi too honestly yeah he's had way less time with his car and he's pulling so much more out of it even forget the crashes just pace wise i mean agreed so, so last couple of years it was maybe challenging to tell how different the you know george and latifi were just because the car was equally poor in both and positions. until 2021 <laughs> where george had a podium yeah. Yep, and then we started to see a little difference, and I was like, all right, maybe the TV's going to get more acquainted with the car. Albon's been away for a while, and then all of a sudden, you're just seeing no performance out of the TV whatsoever. And I, it's especially when there's so many F2 drivers who mm-hmm. who could probably pull a little bit more. I mean, obviously, Piastri. Yeah, but yeah. Hey, but Fernando Alonso keeps going as he's going. Oscar could be with Alpine next year. Um. Yeah. A word about I, mean, I don't the, think the that's guy Alonzo's in the team. fault, though. I, I will, I will stick up for Alonso here. It's, I, oh I don't yeah, know it wasn't. Himself. But he's yeah. not here. To he, be he might just be lost. Yeah, he might just be out the door just because he's tired. <laughs> uh, a word about the the man who crashed into Latifi in qualifying and his teammate and the whole team in general. I mean, where is the going? future? What is the direction? Aston Martin are going in. What is happening with Lance Stroll, man? Like, literally, like, he could have almost racked up three, four penalty points this weekend for all the different things. And three, four dollar amount worth of car. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. And, I, and I'm sure that the stewards were a little bit more lenient with him and Valtteri Bottas when he kind of ran him off the track. But I think last year that would have been a, some kind of a time penalty as well. So, I don't know. This is meant to be this year. Yeah, it was frustrating. It was very frustrating to see him, him race this weekend. The also weaving that penalty, event. the crash. Yeah, I mean that, uh, that event also made me go back and look, like kind of rethink him and Albon's incident at Jeddah. Like maybe Stroll did turn into Albon. Like I initially, when that happened, I, I thought it was all Albon. And you saw the Jolian maybe maybe Palmer analysis yeah. where he was like, "That's just yeah. Stroll's fault." Yeah, it's a clear. <laughs> I mean, Seb, Seb couldn't drive it. He, I know Seb's had COVID for the first two races, so he's really just getting up to speed with the car. But that man, he could not control that car. And this is a four-time world champion, a 52-time Grand Prix winner. Mm. Yeah. I mean, sure, it's his first weekend back in the car after a while, and it's the new car, first time he's racing it, you know, for racing the new car on a circuit. Some changes made to the Australian uh, circuit, but uh, I don't know, man. I think it might be a car issue. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it, it's also yeah. come, come on. Lance crashed the crew an FP3. The crew got the car ready for Q3 or Q1, crashes into Latifi, then has a penalty in the race, ultimately recovers up to P12. Uh, of course, there was three faster, maybe faster car retirees. I mean, I don't know if Seb would have been faster. Um, but yeah, hopefully they do better because they, they handed Williams a point. I'm happy about that. All right. So they, yeah, they, I'll take it. I'll take that's it. The biggest dub from, uh, Aston Martin. boys ahead of Imola. I have, I have three questions. Mm. Well, two rather. Um, first one is the Ferrari is by far the fastest car, but with developments expected at Imola and now throughout the season and a bit more understanding of their cars, how many race wins do you give each constructor understanding that there's 20 races left and Ferrari have two 
Red Bull have one? Um, 12 race wins for Ferrari. Okay. Three Damn. for Mercedes. And then That's whatever's four. left. That's one one for Red Bull. No, what is it? You're only at 15. For, you still have eight races. Five for Red Bull. Five for Red Bull. Okay. And three? Oh, sorry. Yeah, eight for Red Bull. But that's bad. <laughs> and then two two for um, Alpine. And one for Williams. Okay. <laughs> that's great math, Cheyenne. You are, you are thriving. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to say 12 for for Ferrari as well. Um, I'm going to go with seven for Red Bull, two for Mercedes, and then one for McLaren and one for Alpine. Wait. All told, like throughout the whole season, you're saying, or within the last 20 races? No, that's 23 total. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go – so there's 23 races total, right? Yes. So I've gone for Perfect. 12 Ferrari, 7 okay. Red Bull, yeah. 2 Mercedes, 1 McLaren, 1 Alpine. All right. I'm going to go 10 Ferrari, 8 Red Bull, 3 Mercedes, 1 for McLaren, 1 for Alpine. Okay. 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 Williams is going to have the biggest dub of the season, boys. Oh, my gosh. Hey, that's probably like – if they get a podium, consider that you a guys win. Think, you think Haas will podium? No. They had a little bit of trouble this week. They had a little bit of trouble this week, but we had an Alpine win last year. Like, we had yeah. the only one-two of the season was McLaren. Formula One is full of surprises. Mm-hmm. Haas could podium. At a track that really suits their car, they could podium. Or some chaos. We have our first uh, uh, sprint race at Imola next week. So next questions. Who wins qualifying on the Friday? Who wins sprint quality? And then give me your podium for the race on the Sunday. For me, the first two questions should be the same for everyone. Charles takes pole. Charles wins the sprint quality. And then since it's in Italy, I'll just go first here. I'm going to go with a Charles win because it's in Italy and he's going to have the Tifosi behind him. Uh, I'm going to go with the new aero package with the new floor. I'm going to go with the Lewis Hamilton second. And then our boys come storming back, Fernando Alonso in P3. What happened to your new favorite racer of the season? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's reliable enough, but yet, man, I, I could see him having a DNF. Um, okay, so you're right, 100%. Ferrari's going to be up front. I'm really hoping Carlos brings in like a, a sprint race win or something like that. Like I'm, I'm Carlos needs he he's long awaiting some form of dub, so I think that's going to come either in the form of qualifying or the sprint race. I do think Charles is going to win the race on Sunday. Um, let's see, Sergio Perez, third place. And classic one three two <laughs> from Cheyenne gets me and, every time. <laughs> Sergio Perez in third, and then let's you know let's mix it up. Let's say George in second. Okay, okay. I'll say Charles uh, pole on uh, the quali. Then the sprint race Max will win the sprint race. 
wow. bed for Oh, because it's, uh, it's a short. It's, they, he'll have the reliability to finish one-third <laughs> of the race. Okay. Exactly. Uh, and also, you know, lots, lots of high-speed corners. You know, it's good for him. Um, and then uh, in the actual race, I'll say the finishing is Charles, uh, Max, Lewis. Okay. 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 And final. Man. Final. One whack prediction for our Emilia <laughs> Gra- for our Emilia Romagna Grand Prix next week. I don't want to be a hater, but I think Carlos will DNF again. Okay. Oof. I'm gonna I'm say not that, a hater. I'm gonna say that Latifi and Stroll are gonna come together again, but not a hater. <laughs> I want to say Latifi somehow crashes and causes some weird opportunity in in the in the podium places again somehow. Or <laughs> for, for Alex Albon, <laughs> Williams realizes that they should forever keep Latifi on because he permanently can they can permanently hedge bets with Vegas because make tons Latifi of money. giveth yeah for the most part. But he, yeah. <laughs> well, he usually take it, it you take Williams. it for the most part. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, if he giveth and Alex Albon's like up in P3 on the C2s, yeah. who knows? They should honestly start betting. Just They should take live bets against Latifi during the race. The Williams <laughs> team. You, you can bet people's DNF. No, I'm saying the Williams team should. Some Calvin Ridley. Oh, <laughs> yikes. Yeah, that would be, that'd be, that'd be looked upon. Box is out. Box, box, box. Box, 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 box. Box, 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 box. Yeah, we love you, listeners. Thank you, sirs. And madams. <laughs>